Amen. Uh, I, I just want to get in the Word because I'm excited about it, okay? And, and I'm telling you, uh, this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible that we're going to dive into. But, uh, and and there's, some, there's some revelation here that has the power to, to change your life. So what you have to do is open up your heart and, and, and embrace it. You need to find, okay, you need to find uh, a piece of this that you can put into application in your life today. Today. Today, right? No, not, not, well, I'm just going to consider that. No, you're not going to consider Jack. You're going to do it. Come on, we got, we got to get busy. Huh? We got to get busy. You know the difference between an ordinary life and an extraordinary life? It would be the extra. See, see a lot of people want an extraordinary life. They just don't want to do nothing extra. So in other words, they're just lazy. You still out there? You, you know, uh, you, you can look at me that way if you want to. But the, but the deal is, is that I have a, a mandate from God. You realize that one day I have to stand before God and give an account for your soul. And that, that, that means that I have to tell God why you think the way you think and feel the way you feel and choose the way you choose. And so, you know, I don't, I don't have the ability to make you think right, but I have the responsibility to ensure that you have the proper tools to think right. And so, uh, all, all we want to do today is just change the way you think. Okay? So, you're going to change the way you think, which means you're going to think different. Which begins with acknowledging that you don't know everything. Or that everything you know isn't necessarily correct. Okay? You know, I love the question, what do you know that is preventing you from knowing what you need to know that has the power to take you where you need to go? You know, there are certain things that we know, and, and we're, so, we're so locked in because, you know, that has produced a certain level of uh, success, you know, in our life that not, now we, we, you know, we want to bottle it and, and, and you know, uh, uh, trademark it and, and, and sell it because we, we've got this revelation that but God will always, God will always take you past your knowledge so that you, so that you can't take credit for the results. So we always have to be willing to grow, right? We, walk, we don't walk by sight. We walk by, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. And walking by faith, uh, you know, James said that faith without that active ingredient is useless. So you got to get busy doing the Word of God. See, and that's why, you know, uh, that's why we should be called a doer of the, of the Word. I'm a doer. Everybody say, I'm a doer. Say, I'm a doer. Shout it out. I'm a doer. Of the Word of God. So you become a doer of the Word of God, you're going to see things you ain't never seen before. And that's what separates us from the world, is that we're in the same situation as everybody else, but we're getting a different result than anybody else. Come on, somebody. That you would get a result that is extraordinary. But don't expect extraordinary results if you're not willing to put the extra in. I feel like we could close in prayer right now, but we're not going to because I love this chapter, okay? So you're just going to have to suffer through the rest of this, okay? So I'm just going to jump in, and it's found in Luke chapter 5, and we're reading from the Amplified Version, and, uh, uh, and, and I'm just going to start. We're going to do like 11 verses, and, uh, uh, but I, I'm just going to break it down as we go, okay, just for the sake of time. Now, it occurred. Everybody say, it occurred. It 
okay? And I want you to understand that God knows that uh, it needs to occur in every individual's life. There, there's an it, there's a purpose, there's a, there's a goal, there's a dream, there's a vision, it. You're trying to get it to happen in your life. And many of you have tried and tried and tried, but it just don't seem to be turning out the way it's supposed to. It never goes the way you thought it would go. It is more of a problem than a blessing. It is more difficult than you thought it would be. It is, you know, there's something about it, but Jesus has given us an insight here to the, to the ways of God. And God's not a God of order, but a God of, or, or a God of confusion but he's a God of order. So he sets things in order. There's a process, and there's a process for it to occur in your life, and he's going to unfold that in these verses, and if you'll pick up on it, you can see it get done in ways that you didn't think it was even possible. And I'm telling you, God cares about it. The, the, the purpose in your life, the, see, you're gifted. You're gifted. You're, you're anointed. You're called of God. Nobody comes to God except the Spirit draw him. And you're, you're walking with God now. And, you know, and by the way, if you're not walking with God now, you will be before it is over. Okay? And so uh, here's the deal is that if you're walking with God, then there's a, there, there's a gift and there's a calling on your life. And, and Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. They're, they're irrevocable. Like, he doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't cave in because you made a mistake. He doesn't cave in because you made the wrong choice. He, he doesn't drop you off because, uh, you, you know, you, you created some weird havoc, you, or, you know, because uh, a lot of the situations in our life, it's not like everybody else. We did this. You know, we, we picked this route. We made this decision. We went that way. We made that choice. We acted that way. We, you know, we had that feeling that made that choice, that caused that action, that created that habit, that developed that character, that tied us to that end result. But none of that's bigger than God. And in the middle of all your chaos, God has this incredible ability of, uh, of putting purpose right in the middle of your junk. And so he uses what the enemy intended to use for evil. God turns it and uses it for good. Come on, somebody. You know, we know that all things work together for good, right? So everything's going to turn out for good in the end. We know that God has the ability that even when weapons are being formed against you, he knows how to keep them from prospering. Come on, somebody. I mean, you ought, you ought to get a little bit excited today because here's the deal, is that as long as you keep walking with God, if you'll keep listening to God, you can't lose. You can't be defeated. You can't be overcome. You can't be rejected. You can't be put down. You can't be defeated. You can't, man, I can't lose with the stuff I use. You know, and that needs to be the mantra of your life. Look at somebody say, I can't lose. It occurred, and here's how, while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God. See, people were put in a press, and that word press, it, it, it indicates an urgency. There's an urgency, and, and they, there was something in them, something had stirred, and, and there was an urgency in them not to listen to a message, but to hear, and to hear, man, to understand with the idea of putting into application, putting, by, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear something from God today that I can activate in my life that'll cause a result that I ain't never seen before to begin to unfold in my life. That is what, you know, I'm prophesying it over you today. That is, not as you listen. Don't, don't, don't be a Sunday morning church attender. You, you know, sometimes we're so, Christians can't, come on, we're so silly. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? 
you know, oh, come on, church people. Realize there's more to this thing. Than, you know, don't, don't let your experience with God on Sunday be like spiritual rotary. You're not building a network. You're being infused with power from on high. And you're going to change the world. Come on, somebody. And these people were pressing, were pressing. There was an urgency on them to hear and understand so they could apply a, a message of God. And just, just get this, that God has a message for your life. God has a message for your situation. He's going to speak to you today. He, I said he's going to speak to you today. And, and you want to press in. And it says, and Jesus saw two boats. He saw two boats drawn up by the lake. And the fishermen had gone down from them, and they were washing their nets. And can I just tell you something? It says that Jesus saw something. Jesus saw something. Jesus sees your life. Jesus sees your situation. And Jesus doesn't, you know, remember the guy at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus got to him. He stepped over, you know, the, 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 the text says that there were hundreds of people there at the pool. But he went to a certain one. There's something about you that has attracted the presence of God today. There's something on you that has the Spirit of God leaning into you and saying, come on, give me your hand. We're about ready to get you up out of that position of paralyzation. We're going to move you to a place of effective. See, God, God's not trying to, to uh, lighten your load. He's trying to make you more effective. Okay, He's going he's gonna to empower you to accomplish things that are just going to blow your mind. But Jesus saw these guys, and, and these, these guys were professional fishermen. And, and how many of you guys have ever hung out with, with somebody who fishes? Okay, you do realize that to fish and not catch fish is not uncommon. All right? So, so don't think that these guys are bad at what they do. No, they're diligent. They're active. They're busy. Okay? And, and, and they take care of their stuff. They're washing their nets. See, they're, they're doing what they should be doing. And, and Jesus sees that. So he gets into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Peter, and I just want to point out, man, and there's so much in this text that there's just not time to hit it all, but, but don't, don't think for a minute that when, uh, when, when Peter walks away from his fishing industry that Jesus was rescuing him from a failing business adventure. Pete was succeeding, okay? He, he, ain't, he ain't in a borrowed boat. He ain't in a leased boat. He's in the one that belonged to Peter. And he requested him to draw away a little from the shore. And he sat down and continued to teach. He continued to teach. So he's been teaching. And now he's sitting in the boat and he continues to teach. And, and, and can I just tell you something? That when you got God engaged in your life, when you allowed entrance to him into your life, that's when he began. And the Bible says that we're confident that he who has begun will continue. And he'll continue to perform right up to the very last second, right to the day of Jesus Christ. He's not going to give up, cave in, and quit on you. He's invested, and he's not going to withdraw that. And he continued, he continued to teach them. And, 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 the, and the crowd from the boat, look at verse 4. And in verse 4, it said, and when he stopped speaking, he said to Peter, launch out into the deep and lower your nets. He, he, when he stopped speaking, he said to Peter, you know, some people say, you know, I, I I haven't heard God in a long time. Well, have you, did you do what he said last time he spoke? Right? Because if he ain't talking, he's looking to you to see if you're acting. Because it doesn't do any good 
How many of you guys have raised kids? We, we have this debate sometimes with different parents, like, what's worse, boys or girls? When it comes to talking, and they're sitting there, and they're, and they're listening, but you know they, they're not hearing a word you're saying. You know, and, and there's a point, there, there, there's a point that uh, uh, just to save frustration from myself where I would just, just stop talking. Because they're not listening anyways. They're not hearing me, right? And so until you do what you already know to do, why would I give you further instruction? I wonder if God feels that way. That if you're not going to do, you know, I need a word from God. Well, some of us act like if we had a, a, a mystical word from the Spirit whispered in our ear that we'd suddenly act in obedience. Well, you have the written word and you don't obey that. You know, there's a really good chance if you struggle obeying the written word, you're not going to succeed. Why? Okay. I'm not going to say what just shot through my head. It was really funny, but I'm not going to say it. Okay. When, when, he, when he stopped speaking, he said, hey, launch out in the deep and, and, and lower your nets for a haul. And I love verse 5. And Peter answered. And, and Peter answered. And Peter answered. And you got to get this revelation that right now your life is an answer to God's voice in your life. See, if you've got Jesus in your boat, he ain't silent. And your life is an answer to his voice. I think most of us need to adjust our answer. Right? Because, you know, as the boys grew up, they started making adjustments to their response to Shelby's and mine authority in their life. The more mature they became, the more responsive to the authorities that we have. See, mom and dad, uh, well, I'm just, I'm, just letting my, I'm just letting my kids decide. They're three. They're, they're three years old. Um, you know, their response to authority needs to be trained, and you need to teach them. Why? Because you love them. I really don't want to spend a ton of time here, but, uh, you know, there, there's, there's uh, certain people that are, you know, that, that let their children wake up every day and they ask their child, they literally ask their child, these are well-known people, they ask their child uh, uh, before they get out of bed, what do you feel like today, a boy or a girl? Because they want their child to have the freedom to make this choice. Well, how confusing must that be Instead of hearing, you're a man of God, son. You've been empowered by God to change the world. You're going to rise up as a strong man of God. You know, that's confirmation. But if, if, if you're, you know, well, are, I'm going to let my children decide, if the, you know, who, who they're going to serve. Well, your example to them is so filled with duplicity that there's no stability. So the last thing they'd want to choose would be to be like you. You're a well, you ain't ever going to not be their daddy. You ain't ever going to not be their mama. You're a well. Why would you poison the only well they have to drink from?
Peter answered, yeah, talking about the answer. And he says, Master, we toiled all night. I, I like to amplify it. Exhaustingly. It's, it's not like, you know, we floated around. No, we went to work last night, and we got nothing in the net. But on the ground of your word, um, most, most of my life growing up, I, I read this verse, and, and you know, and, and I heard it, you know, because anytime I'm reading the Bible, you know, I try to slow down and, and, and let the movie play, right? I, I, I want to see it. And, and, and the way I saw it was like Peter, uh, you know, Peter is a professional fisherman, and he's got partners. He's successful at what he does. Peter knows fishing, and Peter also knows that Jesus was a carpenter. So as a carpenter, he knows a lot more about building furniture than Pete does, but Pete knows more about fishing than he does. And, I mean, and Pete would know this, right? Right, because Pete fishes every day, and Jesus, we're not certain if he's ever fished. But Jesus is now telling Pete, the fisherman, how to fish. And so, in my mind, when I read this verse, you know, most of my life I read this verse, and, and I saw Peter responding, like, kind of with an attitude. Kind of like Jesus says, hey, launch out into the deep, and, and, and let's lower the nets. And Pete going, for crying out loud, is it not enough that we've worked all night? And by the way, it was one of those nights. We got nothing but dirty nets. Now we've been over here washing the net, and I let you use my boat to tell your little stories, okay? And now you want me, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, to get back in the boat, take you that don't know jack about fishing, take you out in the middle of this sea, drop the net, in the, you know, it's the wrong time of day, it's the wrong way to do it, but you want me to do what you say to do. Do you understand how tired I am? But since you said so, I have to. That wasn't his response. He said, Master, Master, you're not going to believe this, but we've, we've been doing this a while, and last night we got nothing. But when you started, see, people pressed in to hear the logos. But on the ground of your rhema, See, something happened in the middle of this story, and the logos was transformed into a rhema. And Pete said, my God, I just heard what you said, and I'll do anything to apply what you said to what we're about to do. And when Peter took what he said and applied it to what he always did, he got a result, didn't he? Look at verse 6. When they had done this, they caught a great number of the fish, and their nets were at the point of breaking. See, you're, you're, you, you talk about a breakthrough moment. Talk about a breakthrough moment. Man, look, look, look at verse 7. He signals the partners and other boats come and take hold with him until both boats are about ready to sink. See, if your boat's sinking because the holes are big and it's dilapidated and it's rotten through, that's the wrong story. See, your boat should be sinking because there's been so much increase poured into your life that you don't know what to do with it all. 
Like, like, like the blessing of God is so heavy upon you that it's like it's almost wearing you out because there's just so much. I'm talking about effectiveness overload. That, that it's just, oh my gosh, man, we're calling people in. By the way, you can't call a partner if you ain't got one. So you're not prepared for the increase God has prepared until you're not living on your own. Okay, you can't do God life by yourself. And, and some of you guys are surrounded, okay, all of us are surrounded with amazing opportunities to connect with people. But it's like we're waiting on an engraved invitation. Like, like we want someone else to jump through the hoop and make relationship community occur. Well, maybe you're the one. Thank you for that great response. Maybe you're the one that should say, hey, what are you doing Thursday? I like coffee. Hey, do you ever eat? <laughs> Verse 8, when Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees he had a revelation, a recognition of how messed up he was. You know, you get in the presence of God and you suddenly realize you need him. If you don't know your need for God, you should start walking towards him. Because the closer to him you get, the more you understand your need. Oh, I need God. Man, I just need him. I just need him. I need chains to fall. I don't even know where they even stick and come from. But I need the chains to fall. I, I, I need fears to bow. I, I need healing flowing in, in life. Hello, somebody. And, 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 and the, more, the, the, the more close you become with him, the, I think the more urgent you realize your need is. Move towards him. And, and uh, verse 9, he, he was kind of blown away. And see, when God is able to release his purpose through your potential, it will amaze you what God is up to. And everybody around him saw this increase See, I, I, I think if our life isn't at the level of blessed, you, you know, it's almost like, you, you know, we live in a society and, and a culture that has tried to, to limit the voice of the church when it comes, especially in the financial realm, uh, you know, because, hey, you know, preachers shouldn't be talking about money. That's all they want. No, we're not talking about money. We're talking about a heart condition, and we're talking about the ability to demonstrate to suffering humanity that God's plan for you is to prosper you. I mean, it's in the Bible, okay? Two-thirds of, uh, uh, of the stories in, in, in the Bible are, are, have to do with, with economics, why? Because God wants you so blessed. I said God wants you so blessed that you're trying to figure out where to put that blessing and, and, and how, how to help other people. And if your mindset is, well, all I need is enough, 
for me. Well, if all you have is enough for you, then you don't have enough to help somebody else who ain't got enough. And that's not the representation that God wants us to have on the earth. It blew their minds. Look at verse 10. And James and John and everybody, but Jesus makes a statement. He says, hey, don't, don't, let, don't let this freak you out. Because from now on, everybody say from now on. Come on, say from now on. See, what you need today is, is, is you need to embrace your from now on moment. You need, you need to say, okay, from now on. And from now on, basically what he said to him is, I'm going to change everything. The whole trajectory of your life is going to change. Okay, well, how did, we, how did we get to the spot that he's able to change everything? Well, Jesus gave him an instruction, right? He had a rhema, and he was able to respond in obedience to that rhema that released the power to bring increase into his life and, and, and to change everything. His whole future's changed. And so you got to ask yourself this question, uh, how, how are you able to respond? Can you respond when God's instruction is contrary to your expertise? See, if God speaks to you and you've, you, you've had a way of doing things that has seemed to be successful. And see, a lot of us would have, would, would have considered, uh, you know, success is to go out and get enough fish to make the boat payment, to go out and get enough fish, you know, to feed the family, to go out. But they went out and got enough fish to almost sink a couple of boats. They're in a totally different position all of a sudden. And, 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 and that's, that was success. Maybe, maybe you've defined success at, at a level that's not even close to the success that God wants you to have. What do you do? What do you do, though, when the instruction of God goes, kind of cuts cross grain to your understanding and your definitions? See, he, Pete positioned himself to experience something awesome. It, it wasn't the act of obedience itself. It's the position that that obedience put him in. Because the fish were out there when he was fishing before. But now they're in his boat. Look, look at verse 11. After they run their boats on shore, they left everything. They joined him as disciples. And you do understand that they weren't even walking with him yet. Isn't it weird? When people who don't know God are better at obeying God than people who claim to know Him. See, they were willing to leave things behind. What are you willing? to leave behind. Or maybe you should ask yourself this way. What do you possess that is more valuable than his presence in your life? You don't want to be the guy that says, you know what? You go on ahead. But I just can't leave this empty net. We don't want to be a people 
who start something and fail to finish. Can I tell you that I understand that there's moments when you fish all night and catch nothing. I know that there's times when you've worked as hard as you can, but it just isn't coming together. But it occurs when you press into God. See, you, 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 you come into here and, and you press in, you lean in, not to listen to a message, but to hear a word from God that will have the potential to change everything so that you'll have something. And in the middle of this room, you know, you'll get an idea, you'll get a relationship, or you'll get an opportunity that, that you would have missed if you weren't pressing in. But every time you press in, you can expect God to give you what it requires to be accomplished in your life. I just love the fact that God doesn't just wave at us, but he gets in life with us. He gets in the boat. He gets in the boat, and he, and he walks with us, but, but he causes us to walk places we would have never gone if we hadn't responded to him. Can I just pray for you real quick? Would you, would you close your book and bow your head? And Father, today I just thank you that you're speaking. There's a, there's a message for each and every one of us, you have a message. Your desire is to cause logos to transform, become rhema, that we would know what to do. The book of the law won't depart out of our mouth, but we meditate day and night so that we know what to do, so that we can have great success. God, God your intention for our life is so massive. God, let us set aside the beliefs that, that what we have is it. God, we want to press into you. We want to launch out to the deep. So, Father, I just pray for every person in this room that they would hear you. They would hear. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're all going to pray one more prayer together before we go. And if you're here today and and, and maybe, maybe what we would call the sinner's prayer, maybe, maybe you've never heard of it or maybe you've prayed it a hundred times, that's not the question. The question is, can you respond? Are you willing to launch out to the deep just to see what Jesus can do in your life? Would you, would you through, a, through a simple act of obedience, would you allow him to direct the steps of your life? Maybe you've known about him, but it's time to really know him. Maybe, maybe once, once you got him in the boat, but you, you forced him to be silent, and he doesn't operate that way, and you look around, and he's gone, and you're, you need to hear that voice again so that you can obey. Whatever the case is, today we're going to pray together, and if you're here, and you say, you know what, Tom? I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. I'm getting on track with Jesus today. I'm going to live the life that he's prepared for me to live. I want to take the path which he's prearranged and made ready for me to take. I want him to continue the work that he's begun in me because I'm his, his workmanship. I'm being recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. I'm ready for a new life, so I'm making this prayer my prayer today. If that's you, while eyes are closed, heads are bowed, I, I just want the honor to agree with you in prayer. So do me a favor. If that's you, just hold your hand up real quick. Let me see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Just keep your head bowed for a minute. And if you're sitting here and you're contemplating, well, I, you know, I, I don't know, am I where I'm supposed to be? Just that question alone means that you need to respond today, and I just want to give you an extra moment. If that's you, just, just say, okay, today, God, I don't want you to change a thing. I want you to change everything. I'm giving you permission to change everything in my life. If that's you, would you just hold your hand up? 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's a lot more hands. There we go. Thank you. Everybody in here, just pray. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. So I receive it right here, right now. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. I'm not waiting. I'm starting today. Say, thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, celebrate with heaven today.